you are watching the Hoop Central podcast right here on Spirit Live. Yo, 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 welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Central Podcast right here on Spirit Live. I am your host, Nakeem Khan, alongside me is none other than the man himself, the myth, the legend, Malik Mata Marrera, the star of the show. Malik, talk to the people out there. How are you doing today? I can't be the star of the show because Nakeem's already imprinted uh, in the California, was it? The walkway in the Hall of Fame there. The, the, the celebrity the celebrity sidewalk there. What's that one called again? No, I'm in the I'm in the, the, the walk, I'm the in the hall of shame. The no, hall of no, shame. No. Have you not seen some nope. of my my takes and my predictions? I like you your actually, sir, m- maybe might have in the moment. It might seem ridiculous, but <laughs> this guy predicted Robert Williams being one of the best defensive centers in the NBA, and wow. I was laughing in his face. Wow. And now look at me. I wish Robert Williams was on my favorite team, but we can't have everything we want in life. Akeem has that Adidas fit right now. Oh, no. Um, the, has, the, this he has, is, has this new headphones, is, new glasses, new cut. This is no, Pinky no, rings, necklace, no, bracelets. No. He has the new shoes, six-pack, six-god. Okay, now you're, li- now it, you're it's lying. It's a facade. Now you're lying. Now you're lying. This He's getting a little bit. Don't listen to Matt. Like, sometimes his takes might be right, but he is full of cap. Anyways, <laughs> we have a lot of basketball to talk about because we have missed. Uh, you know, being with each other, be able to talk here on the podcast, and uh, a lot has happened. We are about a week into the NBA season, a little bit over than a week uh, by the day that we are recording this podcast, and we definitely have some highlights, and there must be someone or some team that had a performance this past week that just blew your mind or just, you know, gravitated towards, and what, what was that for you? There's two I'm thinking about, and one right now I have to put out there is Larry Marketing. Mm, that Utah Jazz. 50%. He's the number one option, like I said in the first, no, second episode, I said he'd be number one option. You and did. Luckily, you and, did. And, and luckily, by luck, I guess he's the number one option. He's averaging 22 points. I had them as my last spot at 15, so I can't believe right now they're what, in a top five seed right now? Were they three and one at the moment? That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy to me. Utah three and one. I understand that they have the depth. Maybe I was blindsided to the fact that they would tank and be in last place, but they have some depth. They have a veteran leadership. You know, you never know. Lowry can make a push for that All Star, that fringe All Star. I gotta agree with you on Lowry. Someone else that I want to give some credit to. First, I want to say, although we are only about. Uh, the most games a team has played is five, five. and a few teams have played five. Yeah. The fewest is three. And as of now, there are nine players averaging over 30 points per game, Oh my! which I think is insane. I'm going to read out the players for you, and you can just tell me if there's any surprises. Luka Doncic leads the league in scoring right now at 36.3 points. Oh, my. Right under him is Giannis with 36, and I'll just read the rest. Kevin Durant at number three. No doubt. John Morant. Yep. Devin Booker. Yep. Jason Tatum. Yep. Damian Lillard. Yep. Steph Curry. Yep. And De'Aaron Fox. That is the one. De'Aaron Fox. And now His that shot has improved drastically. drastically. I was watching the game yesterday. Too. Yeah. And that is exactly who I wanted to talk about for my best performers. But 
I'm not going to I'm gonna give him half because I have someone else to make up that full one because his performance has not led to success per se uh, he is averaging 30 points, uh, 30.5 points per game. If you look at his assist totals, 5.8 assists, 5.8 rebounds. And he's doing this on decent efficiency. He's shooting 42% from three, which is insane for him. Wow. And then if you look at him from the field, among the people who are averaging 30 points per game, he is he has the best field goal percentage besides Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh my goodness. Giannis is shooting 67.7% from the field, while De'Aaron Fox is shooting 59% from the field. As a guard, what? As a guard. And what? this is even taken in consideration that he is shooting 42% from three, like I said, while attempting six and a half a game. So he has really taken his game and elevated it to another level. Oh my goodness. And the Sacramento Kings as a team haven't won a game, which is very disappointing because considering they're rostered, you would think that at least they would get off to like a two and two start just to, uh, to finish off with the performances. My one B, and I think this will help us segue into maybe a little subtopic or a little mini discussion. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, I have a rookie to shed some light on, and that is Paulo Bancaro. Yes. Because oh I got to say this right now, Malik, and I want to... He's straight up nice. I want to have this conversation with you. I'm putting you on the spot, actually. This we Usually, I'm uh, I'm just going to reveal this right now. We usually make a rundown of what we're going to talk about prior to the episode, so, you know, we're not just free-flowing and freestyling as we go. But I'm going to I'm gonna switch up things just a little bit, okay? I like it. Uh, but before that, Paulo Bancaro has been sensational. Uh, 24 points per game. He is doing this while, my goodness, is this 7.6 assists while also 3. Point, uh, I mean 7.6 rebounds and 3.2 assists. But he has had games where he's had seven and eight assists. He's basically not just the best player on Orlando, but he's the number one option in his rookie year, which is you know no easy task and doesn't usually happen even when you are the first overall pick coming into a situation that already has young talent they just giving him the keys to the ignition and he is really flourishing in this system he has scored 20 plus points in each game that he has played we're gonna talk about some rookies right now and i'm gonna give a i think we both should get about let's say a minute i'll let you go first you have b there's another rookie whose name starts with b that has been killing the nba and has surprised a lot of people but people who have been watching this guy in college have not been surprised and this is benedict matherin Boom. now what i want you, what we're gonna do malik real quick is you're gonna get a minute talk about why benedict matherin as of now is the rookie of the year maybe you might not believe that but just the argument's sake of it and i will try to go for paulo bancaro okay on the top, I'm not giving you that. Malik hasn't had time to prepare his discussion uh, argument. I haven't either. But starting in three, two, one, you got a minute. Okay, I would say that he's the rookie of the year because he's not starting. He's off the bench and he's contributing 21 points off the bench. I think he's getting advantage to the starting lineup. Chris Duarte is not getting the minutes he has right now because ben Benedict Matherin is paving the way. And right now, you would say he's the number one option. When Turner comes back, I want to see that dynamic duo. Um, 2.4. Three's a game, 2.4 assists, 5 rebounds, 21 points. I'm excited. He's the only person that I know that backs up his confidence. He said he's going to be the rookie of the year. He said he was going to do these things, and he's doing exactly what exactly what he said. He's backing it up. So I'm really proud of him representing Canada, bending Matherin, rookie of the year so far. 10 seconds to spare. Okay. I got to rebuttal that somehow with Paulo Bancaro. And I'm going to start now. Paulo Bancaro is the most physically dominant player that we have seen from this draft class. Not only that... 
yes, he does have all the the green lights to do whatever he wants that Benedict Matherin might not have. So it might be more impressive that Matherin has been able to do what he's done on such a you know much shorter leash leash than uh, Bancaro. But from what we've seen, this guy is playing in his first year with grown men who have been veterans in this league and are just having his way with them. And not only that, he is an all-around player who has been able to show that not only is he just a scorer, but he is a three-dimensional scorer. He can score in the post. He can score from three. I've seen against the Cleveland game, he was taking some shots where he was faking from three and then releasing it, being able to drive and that, kick out shot. to defenders. Oh, I saw yeah. some, uh, to I mean, to shooters. He has some passes to Franz Wagner that were really good. But uh, Bancaro is just an all-around player, and what he's been able to do is just, its we haven't seen very much like it. No. That ends my time. Ooh wee. To be honest, Malik, I think you gave a really good argument for Matherin. I think you gave an excellent, very professional, very um, inclusive, friendly, unique, wow, wow, um, considerate, thoughtful response. Wow, this is the opposite. <laughs> this is the opposite of first take. I wouldn't expect someone to talk about my uh, <laughs> argument in such a great light. We don't have a mediator, so you guys will have to decide who uh, won that. But yeah. uh, just to shed some light on Matherin, he has been amazing. Just like Malik had marketing on his fantasy, I got Matherin on mine, and I am living life. You're living life right now. Living and I, I want to trade for him. I want to trade you're for him. You're not getting him. You're not getting him. Okay. You're not getting no. Even when he's struggling, you're not getting him. He is so nice. That's too bad. And that, I believe he plays like small forward, but he could play shooting guard because he's a little undersized. And point. And point. But you got a backcourt of him and Halliburton for your future. Oh, my goodness. Jalen Smith has been really good for them. And... You got some nice young talent in, in Indiana. In a matter of a couple years, you don't know what they can be in the play-in. Oh, and it's like, who, who? I'm gonna ask you this: between young talent right now, between two teams, who would you take in the matter of three to five years? Okay, not now, but three to five years. Who would you, who would you bank on most? Would it be the Indiana Pacers or a division rival in the uh, Detroit Pistons? You know I like my Detroit Pistons. I know you love Detroit. You had them in the play-in. But the thing is, I feel like Indiana is advancing into the future way faster than Detroit has. Mm -hmm. Maybe you get one-year veteran deals and expiring contracts, and you head to the draft, and you see what happens. I'm sure you're not going to go for Scoot because you already have your backcourt solidified. So now you're going to go for a forward or a center. So yeah. they're on their way in a couple years, like you said. Indiana's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Detroit's almost in that position where they have to do it in a way now or next year you kind of formulated your coaching staff you have your starting five so you just have to see what's going on you have Jane Ivy and Cunningham as your backcourt of the future at the moment but Ivy has been playing some three so I'm excited to see how both teams coexist and when they verse what the season series will be and how they compare but Detroit definitely has more pressure than Indiana Pacers at the moment but I would take Indiana you take it you take Indiana you, you like their young core in three to five years compared to the Detroit Pistons. Correct. Interesting. I like that. I wasn't expecting that because you've been really high on the Pistons. So I would have thought you would have been like, you know, Jalen Duran, Sadiq Bey, Kay Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, Killian Hayes, who is kind of a bust. I, I'll be out there to say this. Yeah, I, I am so disappointed in Killian Hayes. He was my yeah. sleeper rookie of the year when he got drafted. I thought he was going to be he great. Was, he was so, he was so good and he college. just has been really inconsistent and really just uh, the way to describe it is just just lacking of, I don't know if it's motivation or just internal like drive to be the best. But yeah. as soon as they drafted Jaden Ivey, I think everyone knew that Killian Hayes 
time to flourish in um detroit just came to an end because the keys to the point guard or shooting guard position alongside Cade was going to Jaden Ivey and Killian would end up coming off the bench. He can still formulate a great career as a six man, man. but I don't see any other team that would ever give him a starting opportunity. But I don't think so. But um, talking about those teams uh, and their future, but there are teams who are presently right now surprising the NBA and doing some crazy things. And those you alluded to one of them that everyone was talking about because what in the world is this is why the nba is so amazing it's amazing the craziest part is the teams that we had the top at the bottom yeah the teams that we had the bottom at the top top. at the The opposite who who analyzed this malik let's talk about this let's Let's talk talk about about this the way that the way that this works let's talk about the teams at the top you know give me send me some light on the teams that i'm kind of surprised i know they're both in the same conference but they have been amazing. And those teams are who exactly? Enlighten me. The Blazers, the Blazers, the Blazers. Number the one right Portland now. First Trail Blazers. place. Tied for first place in a three-way with tie with Memphis and Utah. Utah Jazz. Utah Jazz. Salt Lake City. We said we're Utah, coming down 2023. And you guys are giving us a reason. Who would have known that, you know, we said back in 2019 and 2020, that we were coming to Salt Lake City in 2023. Salt Lake City, baby. Who would have known that we would be going there to celebrate the 2023 NBA Championship Parade in Salt Lake City because of the way the Utah Jazz are playing? Who would have known Larry Markin would be the number one number one option? Who would have known that the the the, the I think they're calling them the Mormon Bros, the the Mormon Brothers, uh, Laurie Markin uh, and Kelly, Kelly Olynyk. Uh, hey, Kelly Olynyk has He's been phenomenal. Great. The that trade they did with Cleveland. And you're thinking, they lost that. I was like, what are they doing? Oh, boy. It's like, okay, they're going all in. They want to. They want some salary. They want some salary. They want um, Webinyama. They want Scoot. But instead, they're like, we want wins. Colin Sexton has been great. And he's been coming off the bench. Jordan Clarkson has been Jordan great. Jordan Clarkson, they put him into the starting lineup. Marketing has been great. Mike Conley has been a great piece. Vanderbilt's defense has been essential. Vanderbilt, I think, has been even, the biggest difference maker so far. Even you have guys defense. off the bench, a rookie like Walker Kessler, who is coming in Already, and really NBA ready. making an impact on the game. You've seen glimpses of Taylor Horn Tucker, which we will talk about with his uh, fall from grace. But the Utah Jazz yeah. and the Portland Trail Blazers tied for the first spot after one week. If you would have told me this Never coming thought. into the season, I would have been like, Malik... I know you've been right with some of your takes before that were kind of crazy. But please, please, please show me who has been dealing you the substances that you're taking. Because they need to get arrested and sent into solitary confinement (laughs) for what they're doing. Those two teams have been great. Shocking the world. But we've also been shocked in another way. This is Nikki's favorite team I'm about to say. Did you guys know Nikki's favorite team was the Los Angeles Lakers of all time? He loves them so much. And and he especially loves um Day-to-Day Davis. Day-to-Day Davis is crazy. <laughs> Day-to-Day Davis is crazy. I've heard the A Disney, but Day-to-Day Davis is absolutely hilarious. But you guys know me. I absolutely hate talking about this team. Whenever I get that they're the Lakers, the, the big one of the biggest markets ever, they got LeBron and AD. Obviously, you're going to talk about them. When has there ever been an 11th seed, a team that isn't in the playoffs, get so much media attention? It never happens. Even when the Knicks are trash, 
they don't get this much attention. The only reason they get attention last year is because Stephen A. Smith is a Knicks fan. So people love just talking about it so he gets a mental breakdown. But the Lakers are constantly brought up. What can the Lakers do better? How can the Lakers? Who is to blame? Their team is just bad. So what you have LeBron? You're asking a a near 40-year-old man. <laughs> We're asking a guy when, bro, this is like, I know LeBron has been great, but imagine having Vince Carter at 40 years old and be like, hey, you need to carry us to hey, the playoffs. Hey, hey, he'll, hey he'll, hit that, he'll hit that corner three that he hit in the playoffs. I, oh, yeah, For you're the right. buzzer. You're, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and then that, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Le- LeBron is great. LeBron is amazing. He's still a top five player in the NBA at his age, which is remarkable. But to ask of this guy, when you have Anthony Davis, who don't get it twisted, Malik, there was a real discussion when Anthony Davis was in New Orleans that he can be not just one of the best players in the NBA, but the face of the face. the organization of the league between him and a guy in Milwaukee. And what ended up happening? One person well. exceeded expectations drastically and is now on pace to be one of the greatest players we have ever seen. And right, and right now he's having another MVP caliber season. You see what he did yesterday or the day before? Insane. What? He is something else. And then you have one other guy who has all the tools and potential and skill. He's lacking in nothing. But just, it's, there is something he's lacking in. And maybe that's a mental thing. Yeah. Obviously health issues. But it's like, you have Giannis who is always trying to be the best. Always doing, putting his heart on the line in the oh, game. 100%. And then you got Anthony Davis who, yeah, he's a skilled player who can shoot. He could post up. Offensively great. Defensively, he's nowhere near the same guy he was two to three years ago. Offensively, he's scared to get in the paint. He's scared to back down. And then you look at this team, Malik, and I'm going to tell you. I'm going to ask you a question. Please answer this as honestly and openly as you can. Yeah. Okay? If you are LeBron James, I know LeBron loves this. He posts up on the elbow. They ISO clear out. ISO, they spread the floor. Post up. He's posting up. He's looking over his shoulder, right? You know, in Cleveland, he's looking over his shoulder. Ooh, Kyle Korver might yep. get a pin down screen. Yep, come yep. to the top. He's Ooh, you got J.R. Smith as well. Emo Shumper can knock that. Oh, Channing Fry's there too. Yep, yep. Okay, Kyrie. Okay, you okay. Got some I, got, I got some people. You got, you got some shooters. You got some facilitators. Now, you put, your, put yourself in LeBron's shoes right now. Yeah, okay, I'm, ba- I'm backing up a fadeaway right now. All right, th- th- this is this is not yeah. Malik. I'm talking to this is LeBron okay, James. I'm backing up on Cam. I'm backing up Cam Johnson right now. Yeah, okay. backing up Cam Johnson. Now you look over your shoulder. Right? Yeah, I'm looking. And you're seeing people are in the paint. Okay, I got, right? I got a couple so, players. So you're like, okay, people are in the paint. I can kick out. And you look to the people who you can kick out. Okay, okay. I see. I see over there. Okay, I so, see. Uh... So now I'm going to tell you who you have. I'm going to tell yeah, you. Okay, who I, have... I want to get your honest reaction right now. Yeah, okay? yeah. You got Patrick Beverly. Okay. Russell Westbrook. Okay. Juan Toscano Anderson. Mm-hmm. And let's say Anthony Davis is in the game. But if he isn't, it's Lonnie Walker. Or maybe even Damian Jones. And those are who is... How... What is your reaction? Tell me through... Take me through your thought process on what you would do in that situation. Would you pass? Would you say, screw it, I'm scoring? Let me know. Let me know. I think LeBron already made his decision when he took that half-court shot like twice in one game. (laughs) So I think he already knew the decision he was going to make. I don't even have to say anything. His performance speaks for itself and his shot speaks for itself. He already took like two half-court shots. One air ball, one hit off the backboard, I believe. Not yeah. even close. 
You have the there's, tools and you have but there's and you have the big three to win, there's but no shooting at all. There's no shooting at all. How are you gonna have LeBron already, and not surrounding with shooters? And you already got injuries with Thomas Bryant and every every other day there's a new Russell Westbrook trade rumor. Yeah. And the fact that you have um, insiders saying that Russell Westbrook is going to go off the bench is not good for overall team morale. You don't want that yeah. leaking. You want that just as something to build upon in your team. And you just need to, I don't know. LeBron signed LeBron signed an extension. Yeah, he's not, not going to go anywhere. I don't believe so. But you just need a change of identity. Yeah. You need to make some moves. They changed half their roster. You know what? Name me one shooter on that team. Austin Reeves has been... A highlight and yeah, one positive that I, I that I would say has been great for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. I got some positives. You got Le- you got most of your roster backs. Anthony Davis is playing. He's been playing great. Lakers, they had a chance to beat the Portland Trailblazers the other day, and they had it in the bag, and they had the win. But, but they, they just kept checking up shots, and there was no playbook. I know that they're gonna turn it around. Yeah, I know there's gonna be a month stretch where Lakers are gonna have like the best. The best time, the the best, the best month of basketball. I know it's gonna happen. We're just waiting for it. But right now, it's a slow start. I've no doubt in my mind that they're still gonna make the play-in. I think so. I, I think they're gonna turn it around. Malik is a better person than me because at this point, I think they're gonna be like a 13-14 seed. I have no faith in this team at all, and I I would love to, but I, there's nothing they have showed me confidence-wise, and I personally just don't feel any type of. Um, reassurance from this team but laker fans the last thing i'll say before we move on is that hey at least lebron's gonna break the record in a lakers jersey for the most points mm-hmm. but that's pretty much it and there's gonna be a change in the rotation westbrook might be going to the bench and austin reeves uh, might be starting so i'll be looking at him for fantasy oh my goodness is, i don't even know if he's a free agent or if someone has him in our league but, know, but uh to going on to finish things off just to do with time there's one more team that we could talk about because they have been very disappointing and we'll end off the episode on there because do we just face them oh this puts a smile on my face do we just face them the toronto raptors just faced them Mm -hmm. and took care of business we're talking about the team that i believe is now one and four on the season a team coming into the into the this season was regarded as one of the best constructed if not the best and um, made additions in in the offseason to get even better than they were last year addressed fantastic addressed all the issues that they had yet they look much more worse and i have a lot of things to say on this team but i'll say those after malik we're talking about the philadelphia 76ers they're sitting at one and four on the season and they're currently at the 11th seed but they could be basically the 14 because there's like a five-way tie um, they are also they're, they're tied with the the Brooklyn Nets as well, who are one and four. So both teams off to a very slow start. But as we saw with the Boston Celtics last year, you, the way you start the season doesn't matter. It's the way you finish the year. Boston, I believe, was like nineteen and twenty two or twenty one, and ended up being the the one seed or the two seed yep. to finish the year. But yep. Malik, give me your quick thoughts on the Philadelphia 76ers before we uh, close off this uh, episode of the podcast. The biggest issue at the moment is transition defense. I have to say. Um, there's no formulation. There's no playbook on how to defend um, when they switch between uh, zone and man-to-man. Yeah. It's very discombobulated. Um, sometimes Embiid doesn't take the effort to uh, to guard the paint. He almost relies on other people just to stay in their positions, and he kind of stays there because maybe of his size and his reliability just to put his hands up. But it's more than that. I think P.J. Tucker has made tremendous effort on defense, but it has to be a collective um, you have the tools. You have the roster to be the first seed. I have them as the first seed. I know they're going to turn around, but right now, 
yeah, every player has been kind of one dimensional. Tobias yes. Harris has been the most disappointing, yes. and you don't know yes. where he fits at the moment. So, amen to that, brother. We'll see what happens to Philadelphia because they have, they have a great, they have a great rotation in the bench. They have Tyrese Maxey has been great for them. So, there's not, uh, there's not a lot of things to say because there's really no excuses. You just gotta win. You could have a great record, but you end up finishing eighth. And that puts you up against the best team in the East in, in a very early round. Uh, I also have a cup, uh, not too much to say about Philly, so I'll keep it short. Um, this would be like my little rant to end off the episode. Uh, James Harden has been um, amazing for them and um, has been amazing for them this year. He's been looking more like his Houston self. The only thing that is a very big negative that we had a lot of confusions going into this pairing between him and Embiid is will they be able to coexist together considering the differences in play style James Harden is a very when he is on his game he's a very ISO heavy player and he's very good in the pick and roll but it's like do you have a guy who like Joel Embiid who just came off his most dominant season as an NBA player was arguably the the was wreaking the most havoc other than Giannis Antetokounmpo in the paint and in the post and now you're kind of restricting him into a pick and roll role guy and it's like a lot of times now when uh, uh Harden is in his isolation sets Embiid is just standing on the perimeter and obviously I don't want to say this anything towards Harden or Embiid this is more so towards play calls by Doc Rivers and uh, there was a report that Doc Rivers is already on the hot seat wow. which is definitely going to be something to look out for but the way the Philadelphia 76 are constructed is great. They the the front office has done their job. And I feel like right now they aren't utilizing their pieces to the the fullest potential. Mm-hmm. You I would say you have to focus through Joel Embiid. Obviously you want James Harden to be good, but I think with the way that Tyrese Mask Maxi showed out in the playoffs you got to give him some of the keys to the ignition, you know. You got to let him drive a little bit. He, he scorched us. He he always yeah, Van Vliet, he, Van Vliet got I'm biased as a Raptors fan, but I have to say Van Vliet, Fred got nothing on Maxi. Yeah, Maxi Fred got nothing Maxie, on. Maxi I believe had 31 points against the Raptors in he, their last game. Every time. But with the Philadelphia 76ers, I feel like this is the year. If they don't do anything this year, it's like you don't know whether or not they're going to blow it up. And just blow it up in general. I want to pick your brain. You said use your roster. And I have one thing to say. Okay, let's hear it. Let me ask you this. Matias Thibel has not played. He has not played a single game. Five DNPs. How do you feel about that? From starter to an important bench piece to not even being in the rotation anymore. The one thing about Matisse Thibel, I I love Matisse. I love Matisse. He's a a great defender, not just a great defender. He's one of the, he's a top 5 perimeter defender in the NBA. The only thing is he is such a liability on offense that it is insane. This yeah. guy, you can literally sag off of him, not help at all. Like even when he gets the ball in the perimeter, just don't run out to him and let him shoot and most likely he will miss it. So I understand Doc Rivers' philosophy. You got a guy like P.J. Tucker now who maybe won't give you the same production defensively as a prime Matisse Thibel, but at least he could stretch the floor out on the other end. But for him not to play in the first five games is something very surprising. And I think they're going to have to get rid of him because if you don't, there's no reason to have a talent like that just rotting on your bench. At least get a second-round pick. But it's crazy to think about. Even someone like Furkan Korkmaz, who was a great... like player in their 2019 run he was yeah. a 
uh, one of the first guys off their bench. He started some games for them in 2019, and he does not get any minutes anymore. No, Melton Melton absorbed that right now. Anthony Melton took that, yeah. But this team is just... There's something I feel like chemistry as well. Yeah. I think Joel Embiid and uh, James Harden don't know how to properly play with each other yet because yeah. they haven't played with these this versions of themselves. Joel played with playmaker pass first Harden, not the the one that we know ISO heavy. But we're gonna see how Philly ends up doing. Obviously, they're gonna be a playoff team. Don't oh, be yeah. confused. Oh, but yeah. this is not the way to start the year, and it's definitely not going to be uh, smooth sailing for the rest of the season. But nope. Malik. I think we talked a lot about hoops today. Boom. A lot about hoops today. Give us one team to look out for for this next week or a player. Jalen Noel. Jalen Noel. Minnesota Timberwolves. I like it. They got off to a little slow start, but check him out. He's been one of the best role players off the bench this year. One guy I got to say, look out for, Precious Achuya. Boom. Hooping. Got to show some love to the yes, hometown Toronto Raptors. Yes, sir. With that being said, we appreciate you guys for checking out and listening to this episode of the Hoop Central Podcast right here on Spirit Live. Be sure to look out for next week when we come back and got some more basketball content just mm-hmm. for you. This has been your boy, Nakeem. It's been your boy, Malik. And we shall see y'all in the next one. Take it easy. See ya. Mm-hmm.